Chapter Six of Venus Boy by Lee Sutton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six, Inside New Plymouth Rock. Johnny and Baba excitedly started clearing away the pile of boulders and stones from the mouth of the mysterious cave. Immediately the arrow birds began flying around, their heads snapping into striking position. They don't like us doing this, Baba clicked. They don't like it at all. He turned to the fluttering birds. Bother us not, bother us not, he repeated. The birds retreated, but hovered in the air not far off. Go away, came a firm, deep click. The birds stopped in midair, and then were gone. Gosh, Johnny said to Baba, you sure made them go that time. Baba's eyes opened wide. I didn't say anything, he clicked. The bear and the boy looked at one another, puzzled, and then into the opening. The bear cut in the stone was all there was to see. Come on, Baba. Johnny rushed to the opening and knocked down a few more stones. Baba pushed them farther away. In a few minutes of hard work the opening was big enough for Johnny to squeeze through. Around the edge of the cave the rock was carved with the shapes of many animals. The floor slanted sharply downward. "'Hurry, Johnny!' Baba clicked anxiously. "'He may have gone away.' The little bear's eyes were shining with eagerness. Johnny's heart sank. Baba had not seen another live jewel bear since he had been captured. He had never seemed interested, but now he was quivering with excitement. If they found Marva, maybe Baba would want to stay with them. Johnny wanted Baba to be safe, but he didn't want to lose him for always. The little bear was already scurrying down the steep slope. Without stopping to think of danger ahead, Johnny plunged after him. The ceiling was just high enough for him to stand upright. Flashing his light into the darkness, Johnny saw that the cave was a long passageway that curved down into the heart of the great rock. Soon they were too deep inside for any light to reach them from the mouth of the cave. Except for the beam of Johnny's flashlight, they were surrounded by complete darkness. The air was musty and cool, and their footfalls echoed, making scary hollow noises. "'Stop!' Johnny said. He held his fingers to his lips. His words echoed and re-echoed in front of them. Then there was almost silence. A soft padding and clicking sound came from far in the distance. It was the same kind of noise Baba's feet and claws made on stone. The two started out again at a half-run. The slope was almost too steep, and Johnny had to slide to a stop to keep from falling. Baba went bouncing along ahead and out of sight. As the slope became steeper yet, Johnny had to slide forward carefully. He stumbled and went down on his back. His flashlight slipped from his hand and went rolling on down the passage and out of sight. In a second it was pitch black. "'Baba!' Johnny yelled at the top of his lungs. His only answer was his own voice echoing down the long corridor. He pushed himself up into a sitting position and slid on forward on the seat of his pants, his heart beating rapidly. A few very long minutes later he saw a light shining in the distance. It was Baba, the flashlight in his paw. "'Hurry, Johnny!' 
he clicked. Hurry! With the way lighted for him, Johnny got to his feet and could move faster. As he reached Baba, the passage began to widen and the slope became less steep. I saw him, Baba clicked excitedly. He was big. I'm sure if we could catch him he'd be a friend. I tried to talk to him, but he went on ahead just when you called. Oh, Johnny, I do want to find him. Johnny had never seen Baba so excited. Suddenly the passageway ended and they were in a great underground room. Johnny flashed his light around the walls. They too were carved with scenes of life on Venus. Beneath each carving was a small doorway leading into a side room. There was one large doorway opposite the one through which they had entered. It looks like a meeting house, Johnny said, with seats and everything. He flashed the light on one of the carvings. He had heard of carvings like these and had seen one once. His father said that they must have been made by an intelligent life form that had visited Venus from the stars. This cave must have been where they had hidden from the animals, just as men now hid from them behind the settlement's great walls. Johnny was awed. Johnny, don't just stand there, Baba clicked. We've got to find him. Johnny looked from opening to opening. Which way, Baba? The little bear sniffed the air. I can't tell, he said. I can't tell. Hurriedly they made a circle about the great room. When they came to the large opening Baba sniffed carefully. Maybe here, he clicked and plunged through. Down they went as before. This time Johnny grabbed Baba's harness and they were able to move faster. The corridor was just as steep and curving as the first one. In a few minutes they emerged into another room. It was smaller than the room above and had three small doorways and one large opening. Let's try them all, Baba said. Through each of the three small doorways they entered similar rooms. The fourth opening was another corridor. Again Baba thought he smelled the path of the Marva. Down that corridor they went down and down. Finally it ended in hundreds of the rooms, large and small. The rock was like a honeycomb. Johnny's flashlight was already growing dim, and they didn't dare try to search much longer. Trying to follow the scent they took a side corridor that led from one small room to another and came out into a narrow passageway. A faint light glimmered at the end of it. Baba bounded on ahead. Johnny running to keep up with him. The light seeped through a pile of rocks. Johnny flashed his light through one of the cracks. Behind the pile of rocks the tunnel continued for several feet. In the light of his flashlight Johnny could see bits of leather on the floor of the outer part of the cave. Just beyond them, on the other side of the rocks, was the cave Johnny and Baba had rested in while climbing up the cave in which they had cut the long straps they had used to tie themselves together for the long climb upward. The bits of leather on the floor were scraps that had been left over. Why, we're almost to the bottom, Johnny said. Yes, Baba clicked. I guess we can't find him. I don't smell anything now but arrow birds, he ended sadly. We gotta try, Johnny said firmly. He felt hollow inside when he thought Baba might go away for good, but he was convinced now that this was the only way to keep him safe.
Let's try farther down. Johnny turned around, and a few minutes later they were going down one of the curving main corridors again. The corridor gradually straightened out. Soon it hardly slanted down at all. It finally turned into what seemed to be a long underground tunnel. Johnny had to stoop over to keep from hitting his head on the ceiling. The passageway was no longer going through solid rock, and its walls and floors were a sticky clay. Johnny's and Baba's feet made squishing noises as they walked. It seemed as if the tunnel would never end. They walked on and on. I think we're going away from New Plymouth Rock, Baba clicked. I think so, too, Johnny answered. We must have already gone most a mile. The walls had narrowed until Johnny and Baba had to walk single file. Suddenly the passageway slanted upward, and a faint glow of light could be seen far away. As they began to climb toward the light, the ceiling became so low Johnny had to crawl on his hands and knees. It was a long, sticky climb. As they approached within a few yards of the light, Baba stopped, blocking Johnny's way. The cave must end up in the jungle outside the colony wall, the little bear clicked. Maybe we ought to stop. He sounded worried. But Johnny was not going to let this chance pass. Go on, he urged. But the rhinosaurs— Who's afraid of an old rhinosaur? Johnny demanded. You are, Baba clicked, but he scrambled on. They emerged into the blinding light in the center of a tangle of thick, high brush. They were out in the jungle, far away from the rock. The boy and his bear were covered with mud from head to foot. They peered carefully around, listening. In the distance they could hear the rumble of moving rhinosaurs. As they crept away from the cave their view continued to be blocked by large bushes and trees. They couldn't even see New Plymouth Rock. Stepping quietly and carefully they finally came to an opening in the brush. Far to the right was the rock, and farther in the distance a guard tower. Get back, Johnny shouted. The guard will see us. The two jumped back. There was a grunt behind them. They turned. Behind a screen of brush a great blue-scaled rhinosaur was waking up. It was between them and the opening of the cave. It snorted with the sound of a deep bass drum and heaved up on its feet. Ahead, at the edge of the clearing, was a tall meat tree. They had two chances. They could turn quietly and creep away into the brush, hoping the big beast would not see or hear them, or they could make a run for the meat tree in full view of the guard tower. End of chapter 6